Welcome one and all to another day here at the Damage War with me, John Arola and Mondale Robinson joining us once again. Mondale, how's it going? How's it going, brother? It's good to see you again. It's good to see you too. Everyone, you know Mondale from Rebel HQ, also from the fact that he and I have been pairing up on the Friday edition of the Young Turks seemingly every week. So um, very excited to have you on. We've got some awesome news to discuss that I think you're really gonna enjoy. Excellent, I'm ready. Uh, well, I am mostly ready. Uh, for those who are not listening to the podcast, those who are watching, uh, I, I look very pale. Obviously, that is mostly a tech thing. I'm having some trouble with my home studio. Also, I'm pale, so there's only so much the technology can do in the best of times, which we're not currently in. Uh, but for those of you listening on the podcast, imagine me being like dark Italian tan, <laughs> if you want. In any event, we do have a lot of news to talk about. Uh, not only the continued right-wing uh, fallout and furor over, uh, I, I mean that in both in both meanings of the word, uh, over Colorado banning Donald Trump from the ballot. We've got dramatic breaking news on Rudy Giuliani, which is gonna be a lot of fun, a story that Mondale and I had previously talked about. A little bit of good news coming out of New York, and then a whole lot more news. So everyone, uh, buckle up. Prepare yourself, hit the like button, share the stream. And Mondale, are you ready for this thing? Already, Captain. Okay, then in that case, let's jump directly into it. Every time Trump's arrested, he becomes more powerful in the eyes of the voters. What's going to happen when they take him off the ballot? They're turning Trump into the greatest political underdog America's ever witnessed. They're setting up the greatest comeback story in American political history. They say they're protecting us from danger, but Trump's not a danger to us, he's a danger to them. And Americans are starting to ask themselves why. It feels like the left wants violence because that's where this is going. We're being baited so their actions are justified. That's how it feels. The more the left overplays their hand, the scarier this gets. Uh, understand there that Jesse Waters means scarier for his perceived political opponents. He's not scared about any of this. He's a wealthy a-hole. He's gonna be fine no matter what happens. But what he is saying right there is that he fully understands the role that he's stepped into in replacing Tucker Carlson. He has a big platform. I mean, hell, I think media put him in like their top 20 most influential members of the media. And he's using that influence in the way that he's supposed to to pre-apologize for right-wing political violence. That's what that segment is. That is him threatening his opponents that how dare you hold Trump accountable for what he's done. Or even just be on the side of what I perceive to be a, a, a Colorado Supreme Court decision that I don't like. I'm not gonna argue on the merits against it. He's not, he's not intellectually capable of doing that. He's also not interested in doing that. He's simply gonna say as they always do, if you in any way try to hold back Donald Trump, then maybe somebody out there does something. You know, maybe there's another mass shooting. Maybe another Walmart gets shot up. Maybe there's another manifesto. Maybe the husband of another Democratic politician gets their skull bludgeoned in. And if that happens, it's you guys, you guys were trying to make that happen, okay? And so Jesse Waters is savvy enough to know that he has to promise violence like this. That's what his audience wants. He has to promise that someday the people you don't like are gonna be rounded up and shot. And when that happens, it's not gonna be your fault. It's not gonna be the fault of the person wielding the hammer. It's not gonna be the fault of the person wielding the AR-15. You were forced into this by Colorado Supreme Court judges, I guess. It's sickening, 
but we need we need to confront this head on. Just the, the fact that he's on cable news, that he's well paid, that he wears a tie, does not mean that he is not doing what demagogues in other failed states have done. Pre-apologize for potential political violence. Mondale, Stark stuff. What do you think yeah. about it? Yeah, I think I think there's a lot going on here. I mean, and and everything you said, John, was spot on. I would also like to add that if you catch the lies that are that are said out loud, that that his side, his audience will always miss. It's unbelievable to me the idea that the left or the most uh, Progressive people are responsible for this. When in actuality, this argument that Donald Trump kicked off the ballot in Colorado is one that was born out of the Federalist Society. The two people who presented that argument are some of the most conservative, I would argue, even more conservative than the people that Donald Trump appointed to the Supreme Court. And also the writings and knowledge of the people who, who wrote this idea and wish that Donald Trump could be kicked off the ballot. Mm-hmm. I bet you their writings and teachings are well known by the people that are on this. So I, I want to see all of these so-called originalists uh, on the Supreme Court, how they stand in this moment. They are they are put in between a rock and a hard place because of Donald Trump's shenanigans. But also, this idea that the more Trump do, the more popular he becomes is actually kind of a lie. We saw a poll that just came out that said 54% of Americans are against against uh, Donald Trump in this moment or in this incident. And 54% agree with the Supreme Court of Colorado that he, mm. shouldn't, he shouldn't be on the ballot. That's 84% of Democrats, 40 some percent of independents and 28% of Republicans. Yeah, yeah, uh, well, that that is that is good to hear, I guess. Um, <laughs> he, he starts off with like, every time there's something like this happens, he gets more support, but like, I know that He's paid to not do the sort of self-reflection that I'm about to ask for. But like, maybe that's not a good thing for your movement. Maybe if like we kept hearing horrendous things about Bernie Sanders and that just made us love him more, that would be weird. Maybe it's not a good thing that you guys love a guy specifically because he's a criminal. But okay, well anyway, look, um, he's, he's doing what they do. Uh, you guys are coming for us, you're coming for our guns, you're coming for our stoves, you're coming for our big gulps, whatever. So soon people will be shooting and oh, won't that be bad? Um, well, the threats are already coming in. So uh, pro-Trump forums are filled with threats of violence against anyone who's actually involved in this case and anyone who they have been convinced might be involved in this case. So comments like this ends when we kill these effers. Uh, what do you call seven justices from the Colorado Supreme Court at the bottom of the ocean? A good start. Uh, Post noted a variety of methods that could be used to kill uh, his enemies. Hollow point bullets, rifles, ropes, bombs, quote, kill judges, behead judges, roundhouse kick a judge into the concrete, slam dunk a judge's baby into the trash can. More commentary from the pro-life movement. And by the way, like this is stuff that they're posting on their their Nazi forum or whatever. But the Secretary of State of Colorado has already received literally dozens and dozens of death threats, as if as if she came up with the lawsuit. It's not her idea. She didn't start it, but it doesn't matter. She's a Democrat. She's part of Colorado, and so she said that she has stopped counting the number of death threats. Multiple men have already been arrested, by the way for what were perceived as incredibly serious, perhaps imminent threats against her in the past. And now more are coming in. The judges are gonna face God knows how many threats, their families and Jesse Waters totally understands this. 
And in every case where they have whipped their base up into a frenzy, whether it's against the Democrats or Joe Biden or the LGBTQ community. And then, oh, what do you know? People start getting their heads bashed in or shot or bomb threats against hospitals. They have never once taken an ounce of, uh, of responsibility for any of that. Because again, they know that this is their role in this perpetual hatred machine. Mondale, any other thoughts before we move on other stuff? I mean, just real quick, man. And I mean, like what you're saying is so pervasive. We saw a woman at Trump rally uh, 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 on some footage that uh, TYT owns. She had on a shirt that said, hang Biden. And, she, and in the video, she said that Biden has been committing treason for three decades. And it's like, this is the level people will go with this lie um, just for disagreeing with Trump. And I think that is that is extremely dangerous, for, regardless of Tucker beliefs or not, to our entire democracy, not just them, whoever the them he's talking about. Yeah, yeah. I, like me, and I, I try to bear in mind that the people who are literally at a Trump rally are beyond reason more than most people. But there are there are so many millions of people that believe transparent nonsense, transparent conspiracist nonsense, and and this is the this is the system that we have to operate in as we try to fix the very real problems that exist in the real world. But anyway, um, that was Jesse Waters doing his uh, dumb frat boy boat shoot version, boat shoot version of uh, you know advocating for political violence. Laura Ingram is not satisfied with just predicting violence. She she thinks there's a, a specific reason to it. So she's going to spin a whole conspiracy. Take a look at this. Now at this point, given what we're seeing in the courts, at the DOJ, and even in state AG offices, and given Democrats, Trump is Hitler rhetoric. Is it not logical, at least to consider, maybe even to assume, that some on the left are hoping to spark some type of civil unrest here? Which would be followed, of course, by a mass crackdown on civil liberties, or the declaration of maybe a nationwide emergency. All as a way, a protectual way, to usher in, I don't know, nationwide mail-in voting. That is the absolute best way. That that could have ended all of that. We we want you to come and start assassinating Democratic politicians and shooting up liberals and stuff, so that we can crack down, rip up the Constitution, so we can get mail voting. That's that's what the tyranny is for, so that everyone can vote without having to go and stand in a high school gymnasium for forty five minutes. That that's what the conspiracy is about. Utterly madness, Mondale. Um, she's on to us. What do you think, Mondale? Should we change course? John, I don't think so. I think we should stay doing the most undemocratic thing to get more people to participate in the most democratic thing. Absolutely ridiculous. No thinking at all in their strategies, man. I am so frustrated with what we're calling the other party. And the sad part about this is people like us, John, shouldn't be happy about this. You want to know why? Because without a functioning Republican Party, we get lazy Democrats, and that doesn't benefit anybody. Yeah, yeah, that that is true. Um, the the conspiracy theory is madness, and we'll move on to a little bit from more from her in a bit. But but I also I want to point out something uh, that she didn't say there. Something that you will almost never see one of these right wingers say, which is as they're in their middle of. Our arms are being twisted into violence. They're, they're hoping, they're praying that there'll be violence. You know what she didn't say? 
don't engage in violence. The Democrats want violence, so don't give it to them. The Democrats are trying to set up a dictatorship. But before that happens, they need you right wingers to commit acts of violence, so don't do it. It's unacceptable. It's not a part of our movement. If you engage in violence or make violent threats, you are automatically not a part of this project we're engaged in. They will never say anything like that. You didn't see it from her or Jesse Waters or when Meghan McCain engages in that sort of stuff. And the, the crazy thing is, they're the reputable serious ones. They're on Fox News again, they're wearing fancy clothes and they have really fancy studios. Whereas Mondale and I, we're, you know, we're shooting out of our homes or our offices, we're wearing hoodies. Now the fact that we are very responsible and serious in the way we engage in these things. And we worry constantly about how the words we say could be misconstrued. So we're always careful in how we speak and hold ourselves to far higher ethical standards than these people making millions over at Fox. We're chuckleheads on the internet. But the serious people on The View and on Fox News just constantly threaten with a wink and a nod, civil war and mass political violence. Uh, let's go to a little bit more from Graham and then I want to hear from Mondale. They can always roll out the so-called experts with talking points, but you should just ignore them. Here's the truth. No trained lawyer on earth believes that that Buffalo head guy and the boys or Donald Trump speaking at the ellipse were engaged in a serious effort to overthrow the government of the United States. No one believes that. Uh, I, I believe it. I think they were trying to do it. I don't think that they had a great shot at doing it. But idiots try to do stuff that isn't likely to succeed all the time. This is like the this is like the coup version of how right wingers make jokes, wherein they say something horrible, and then if people have a problem with it, hey, I was just joking. It becomes a joke after the fact. They attempted to sack the Capitol, and when it failed, well, we weren't really trying to do that. Like. If they had succeeded, let's say that they had somehow succeeded in killing enough politicians or burning the original ballots or whatever, and Donald Trump stayed in office. Do you think that Fox would have immediately changed their tune and spent the last three years providing like rebel underground radio against this dictatorship because it never should have happened? Does anybody think that? It's just, it's crazy what they're allowed to advocate for, the lies they're allowed to tell. Mondale, we're, there's, we're covering a lot of ground here, but, but tell me what you think. Yeah, I think it's I think it's absolutely ridiculous how they're trying to normalize the J6ers, man. This is some serious mess. And I think what's scary to me is they're saying no one actually believes this. But tell all the dead people that, and I'm not trying to be coy, but tell all the families that lost family members that day or because of that day. Tell all the officers who are currently suffering from PTSD because of what happened to them. This is absolutely ridiculous that we have to allow. This should be this should be censored stuff, right? Like you shouldn't be allowed to say this on TV without someone putting a check or or a asterisk beside it because this is absolutely ridiculous. It's also funny and rich coming from a network that was just sued for three fourths of a billion dollars for lying mm -hmm. about uh, the election results. Hundred percent, yeah, yeah. Uh, and by the way, so she, I, the way she started that is less dramatic. What she was focused on there, but it was, uh, don't listen to their arguments for why Trump needed to be taken off 
the, the Colorado ballot. And I believe her there. I believe that she really does not want people to actually listen to the arguments. Which by the way, I don't think are open and shut. But there's certainly an argument that's being made. The Constitution says that if you've engaged insurrection, you can't hold office. So it really comes down to, do you believe it was an insurrection? And do you believe it applies to the president? And lawyers are making that case. Laura Ingram is not interested in debating this. And her just saying, "Oh, a guy was wearing animal horns, so it doesn't count. The, the dictionary definition of insurrection is a violent uprising against an authority or government. Like maybe there should be a component of scale there, but this was definitely a violent uprising against the government. They were breaking into government buildings, trying to stop the government from functioning while chanting that they wanted to kill members of the government. And again, she's not going to engage in an actual argument and try to con convince people that it doesn't rise to the level of insurrection or that in her scholarly reading of section three of, of the 14th amendment that it doesn't apply to the president. She just doesn't want to engage in it. Instead, they jump to slogans. And so if we could go to graphic five, you're not gonna be surprised on where they've landed on how to fight against this. She opened her show by saying America is seeing the ultimate election interference. Laura Loomer posted, this is election interference. Jason Miller, election interference. Tommy Lauren, election interference. Greg Jarrett, he's their legal analyst. It's election interference. Monica Crowley used to be in the Trump administration, election interference. Did anyone hear anyone talk about that before Donald Trump? But Donald Trump says it now, so automatically anything that hurts Trump is election interference. It is the government trying to affect the course of the election. And interestingly, like every other term they use, whether it's cancel culture or whatever, it sounds as if that's a thing that could apply in many different circumstances. And yet it is definitionally not able to be spread in that way. So for instance, when the Republicans announce impeachment investigations against Joe Biden, is that election interference? No. It doesn't fit under this construct. Anything that's done to, when they say, when they're, as we're gonna get to, saying in Texas and South Dakota and multiple states, let's take Joe Biden off the ballot, is that election interference? No. Election interference is only anything that hurts Trump by definition, and they've all agreed on it. Mondale, what are your thoughts? You just shared my thoughts, John. I mean, Sorry. stop being so woke. You stop being so woke. You're too woke. Listen, here's here's the, the the irony of it is ridiculous. Like the lady that I was talking about that had on the hang Biden shirt with a cross on top of it, uh, literally said that Biden had been convicting, uh, committing uh, treasonous acts for three decades. But in actuality, we saw Donald Trump show up for one presidency and do everything that she was blaming Biden for. And it's like the projection on Republican is unbelievable right now, right here. Um, as we deal with the Republican elected officials in DC who are not capable of doing anything, we still have to deal with uh, the idea that those who vote, voted them in will not change their mind because of the facts you're presenting. And they much rather hear Ingram and the other talking heads over at Fox with their nice suits. Like the bubbles are so, so thick. Like, I want to give an example, actually. I want to move on to another instance of the bubble. Like, so now we're talking about Colorado. But the story of a few days ago was Donald Trump and his literal Adolf Hitler rhetoric. Um, it would seem as if quoting Hitler would be a bad thing for you in terms of the election, maybe not. 
New poll shows that Donald Trump, just having a little bit of fun playing with some Hitler quotes, is not going to hurt him in the election. You're probably not surprised by this, but take a look at this, these numbers. So NBC News, Des Moines Register, Mediacom asked people if you'd be more likely, less likely, or doesn't matter to vote for Donald Trump as a result of certain comments like the radical left thugs that live like vermin need to be rooted out. More likely to vote for him, 43%, less likely, 23%. Literally dehumanizing language and vague, violent language against your political opponents. They love it. Uh, immigrants who enter the US illegally are poisoning the blood of America. More likely 42%, less likely 28%. And by the way, the 28%, 29% also say it doesn't matter. Like that is just as bad to me as most likely. The vast majority of respondents are like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he's quoting Hitler. I don't care. Yeah. Um, they are, they're poisoning our blood. They're a virus, effectively. They're a toxin in our system, not humans, not desperate humans fleeing violence and you know horrific economic conditions that can definitely be linked to American foreign policy of the last few decades. Doesn't matter. And even once you get past the rhetoric to the policy, when Trump says he'd authorize sweeping raids, giant camps, camps, they used the word camps and mass deportations, more likely to vote for him 50%, less likely 27%. Watch out out there, everybody, because you are surrounded by some absolute monsters walking around. Mondale, what do you think about this? I, 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 I'm sad, John. I'm absolutely sad because we are, we are obligated to believe these people for what they're saying. And what we're finding out is that Trump is more likely to get more white voters the more he say racist things. Because here's what he didn't say when in, in that statement that they're coming from all over the world. He named almost every continent except for Europe. He said they're coming from Africa, they're coming from Asia, they're coming from Central and South America, right? He didn't say they're coming from Europe. You know why he didn't say that? Because his story falls apart when he talks about who he has a problem with. Great, great example. Five, four of Donald Trump's five children are immigrant, children of immigrants, first generation women in this country. Oh, by the way, Donald Trump is the child of a first immigrant woman in this country, but they're all from Europe. So Trump does not have a problem with that type of immigration. That type of immigration. His current wife is a first generation immigrant. The idea of their poisoning our blood, the idea that he's telling people he didn't read Mein Kampf. But we don't, that's not what the story is. The story is you understand clearly what Hitler said in those speeches, and you are saying it damn near verbatim at times. And the fact that people are okay with this, or more likely, or not bothered that he's saying it, lets you know how close we are to running down a rabbit hole that's unfixable. Well, and that's to me is frightening. Yeah. Again, like 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 with the election interference, they say a thing, and that's not actually what they mean. They don't mean that they they hate or fear immigrants. Certain immigrants are fine if the immigrants look like them, but if not, if they're not, you know, the immigrant bride that they brought into the country or something, or if they're not. Uh, working for them and being really quiet about it, shut up and just work at Mar-a-Lago, uh, then you become dirty uh, by definition. Um, yeah, this is this is the state of the Republican Party. They like, I, and I've been saying this for years. Like, we respond every time they say something crazy like this: the blood of the nation, or DeSantis saying we should just be gunning down migrants at the border. But like, the thing that really worries me 
is how is like how sure I am that their base wants way, 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 way more than this. Like there is going to be a person who is not even going to apply the rhetorical breaks to the extent that Donald Trump is. Like Donald Trump is referencing Hitler rhetoric. There's going to be a candidate who is going to pull out Mein Kampf and read from it on stage. Green, like I said, green is crazy conspiratorial. She is going to look reasonable in comparison to the people that are going to be running in the next few years. So everyone just watch out. I mean, in terms of like sheer conspiracism, like Ramaswamy goes beyond most of these people. And he's not doing well yet, but it's only going to get worse from here. So everyone needs to, to watch out. We're going to take our first break. Um, we have this crazy Ron DeSantis video that I do want to play on the other side. So everyone stick around. We'll be back in a sec. Okay, everybody, we've got a ton to get to. Let's just jump and give quick reactions to this Ron DeSantis video, and then we'll move on to some other stuff. Is there anything you, if not regret, uh, you look at this campaign and go, oh, I wish I would have done that? Uh, how, how do you feel about that? Well, there's always different things that happen. I mean, I would say if, if I could have one thing change, I wish Trump hadn't been indicted on any of this stuff. I mean, honestly, I, I think that, you know, from Alvin Bragg on, um, I've criticized the cases. I think, you know, someone like a Bragg would not have brought that case if it was anyone other than Donald Trump. And so, you know, he, someone like that's distorting justice, which is bad, but I also think it distorted the primary. Um, and I think it's, it's been, it's been that those have kind of been the main issues that have happened. Because it's helped last, him. Is that what you're saying? And so therefore it's both. Both that, but then it also is just crowded out, I think, so much other stuff, and it sucked out a lot of oxygen. I think for the primary, it distorted, primary. yeah, I think it distorted. Now, in a general election, I think the Democrats have have a plan on this. I think the media has a plan on this. And I think if it gets to the point where six months from now, Trump's the presumptive nominee, and he's having to go through all this, they, are, they, they have a plan for how they're, they're gonna ride this out. I think that video is a great example of why Ron DeSantis is being absolutely destroyed in this primary. He was asked, what do you regret? And it's a great question to ask a, a candidate who's mid fail. And what he comes up with is, I wish my political opponent hadn't been charged with many crimes. And he gives two reasons for that. And both of them are absolute weenie reasons. One, because it's not fair, he didn't do it. He's still defending his opponent who definitely did it. And the other is because it helps his opponent so much that he's been indicted more than 90 times. And for both of these reasons, Ron DeSantis, I think deserves the horrific polling shape that he's in. And I have other thoughts, but Mondale, what do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, John, this is absolutely ridiculous. You are spineless in a new way as this is this is almost Lindsey Graham level of disgusting, considering what we find, what we see Ron DeSantis. The question was definitely about the fact that you raised all this money, blew through all this money, and we continue to see the fact that you don't have a real campaign. You have your pack doing the work of what your campaign should be doing, and it's failing. You're having so much turnover over there. Why don't you speak to that? No regrets over there. Your only regret is that you don't want a criminal to be prosecuted because we see Donald Trump criminal behavior. We see a court has already found him liable for fraud. You've already been called a crook in New York. So don't just continue to talk about these cases as if they have no merit, right? And then on top of that, Ron DeSantis has no grounding because he is the guy who actually went back against what the people of Florida said they want with Amendment 4 when they said people who had committed certain crimes could get their rights restored. He went and tried to make that harder and then went a step further and created an election police to prosecute people yeah. that his government 
His government and the driver's license office gave these people voting IDs, let these people register to vote, and then he's charging them people. So screw DeSantis and all of his weakness. And all of this is what he deserves, which is nothing. Yeah. Yeah, he he deserves what he's getting. And you know, for all the stuff he's done in Florida, he deserves way worse. Uh, not violence again. I'm gonna do better than Fox News and be clear about that. But he deserves what I have to assume is um, a total sham marriage and kids that will eventually have no respect for him and no political future. He deserves all of that. Anyway, um, yeah, the the the, the correct answer is uh, I shouldn't have been a little bit of a weenie. I should have actually hit the guy who's dominating the race rather than just pretending for six months that I don't have to criticize him. Or even if you're gonna point out that he's been charged, like like you could maybe take stock of the fact, isn't it weird that in your party being charged with crimes helps you? Isn't that a weird thing? It would bother me too. Why doesn't it bother you? And and why are you still defending him? Literally in response to the question, that's why he's in the state that he's in. It helps Trump because none of them have figured out a way to effectively attack him. And he's demonstrating that he still doesn't have that way, literally in the middle of that, that interview. It's utterly embarrassing. Okay, with that said, we need to move to some more embarrassment. So here's a little bit of a blast from the past for you with Kelly and Conway. Would you be able to bar Biden from the ballot in your state of South Dakota if, say, he violated that part of the 14th Amendment by unfreezing assets for Iran or allowed terrorists to just openly walk over the southern border? I mean, do you think that you'd have that power or your highest court would have that power? Okay, so the second that Colorado ruled that Trump should be taken off of the ballot, and again, he's not taken off of the ballot, and the Supreme Court is almost certainly going to overrule it. The right was tripping over themselves to come up with a both sides way to also take Biden off. And they haven't yet come up with anything that makes sense. But in, in Texas, it's uh, the border. For Kellyanne Conway, it's he let terrorists cross the border. Which terrorists? What are you what are you talking about? Or unfreezing assets. Again, like, do you want to go back through what past presidents of the Reagan? Gave money to. T- There's no point in arguing with these people. But um, Christy Nome, who is generally a quite unreasonable person, isn't going to 100% take the bait. Take a look. You know, I don't believe so. That's what is so um, interesting. It's you know the the process that the court has is a balance to the, our federal government. Uh, it is a balance to our executive branch, a balance to our legislative branch. Um, you know, so us exerting the kind of influence on the court and their decisions to take that kind of action is really unprecedented. Okay, so she still has to say that it's unacceptable that a court would ever actually apply the Fourteenth Amendment. I don't know why that's so weird, but but I loved her quote that I don't think I'd be able to do that. And that's what's so interesting. Is it is it interesting that if something doesn't apply, you can't do it, but if it does apply, you can? I don't think that's interesting. I think that's just how the world works. But Mondale, what do you think? It's also interesting, John, that you're a governor, not a Supreme Court justice. So no, you can't do it. Right? Let's be clear. Like these two things are not the same. Furthermore, man, it's, it is it is beyond crazy to me that these people are going this far. I'm talking about we continue to see statues fall around Trump. Different level of statues, lawyers, accountants, they all go to jail for Trump. 
And they all do this bidding. It's unbelievable to me that nobody's willing to stand up and say, okay, this is enough. This is too far. Kellyanne Conway lives with a Republican who is actually doing this, I guess, in the Lincoln Project, whatever they're doing. Her husband is doing it. But I mean, the fact that she's willing to still go on TV even after she left the Trump administration to still carry this water is blinding to me. I cannot wrap my heads around the fact that these people are not willing to say that Trump is guilty of something or anything. Yeah, yeah, like the the coup doesn't change their mind. The Georgia phone call where he literally says, find me the exact number of votes I need to change the result. The call with Ukraine doesn't convince them. He had boxes of classified documents next to his toilet doesn't, because they don't care. Again, we we have this like psychological failing wherein, because we generally like to have reasons for what we believe, we think inaccurately, that everyone abides by that same sort of system. And that's not how it works. They are not waiting for better evidence. They're waiting to be given everything they want by a strong man who's on their side, or at least perceived to be on their side. That's how it actually works. So look, they're they're making these, there's a, there's a, a congressional candidate in Florida who's saying take him off the ballot in Florida, all of them. Um, which by the way, I love how clearly it demonstrates that when they say, if they ever engaged with the actual content of the Colorado case, that it shouldn't apply to the president, they're saying it should apply to Biden. So they clearly think that that's how section three works. But again, hypocrisy is expected. With that said, I wanna move on to, I think something that's more classically Kellyanne Conway than even that ridiculous conversation. Take a look at this. Conservatives or center right voters, Trump supporters being called deplorable, irredeemable, mega maga. Now they're being castigated and denigrated in a different way that they can't possibly um, be wise and judicious in their presidential selection. So the Supreme Court of Colorado must do it for them by kicking someone off the ballot. But what do you think of that? I'm sure you hear from people all the time that feel shadow banned and censored and canceled. Um, how, how does this play into that, if at all? You know, I see both sides of it. I see people consistently seeing the hypocrisy and and the corruption that is happening from the left and how they're using this against people that are their enemies in their agenda that they want to pursue. But I also would say though, Kellyanne, is the more this stuff happens, the more they normalize it. The more often mm-hmm. that they use our judicial system and our Supreme Court to play these political games, to go out and to fundamentally rewrite justice. Uh, the more it becomes normal. Okay, it, it isn't rewriting. Section three of the 14th Amendment is already there. They're not changing it. And again, the, like Kelly and Conway and Christy Nome are not arguing on the merits of the decision from the Colorado Supreme Court. They're saying, wouldn't it be unfair if mega MAGA, I've literally never heard that before, don't get to vote for Donald Trump. But hold on, like I understand that you really, you only care about Trump in this. But the 14th, the section three of the 14th Amendment exists. Even if you believe that it shouldn't apply to the president, it lists all these different classes of politicians that it does apply to. Your argument that, yeah, but it's not fair because it denies the voters a chance to vote for them. Okay, but so what if a congressman engaged in insurrection? There's there's no question that that is specifically in section three. Were you to ban him under the clear language of section three, it would deny the voters a chance to vote for him. So what is what are you arguing? You're not actually arguing that just Trump should be free of this. You appear to be arguing that we should change the constitution. We should amend it again 
to get rid of section three or possibly the entire 14th amendment. But again, that's expecting too much intellectually out of these people. They don't, this isn't about principles. This isn't truly about ideology. This is about whatever helps Trump in the moment. It's not, it's not about setting precedents. There will be no precedent because a precedent implies consistency over time and there will be no consistency. Whatever helps, whatever helps Trump and the MAG movement right now, that's what we believe. And if we have to believe the exact opposite tomorrow, because it benefits him, then that's what we'll believe. And they're literally doing that, not even waiting a day in saying that Trump couldn't possibly be held under section three, but Biden should in multiple states. It's like, it's a perfect demonstration of Orwellian double think, literally from sentence to sentence. Mondale, thoughts? Yeah, I, I, I find it funny now that they're trying to, the center right? There's no center right in this country. Like there's just Trump and Trump. And then and, and, and other and if you're not with Trump, then you're not a Republican, you're a rhino, period. Everybody understands that now. And it also, listen, we don't even need to do fancy work to understand that it included the office of president. It the constitution calls the president the office of president. It says if you committed this 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 law. You cannot hold an office. You cannot be an officer of the United States. I mean, yeah. this is this is this is plain language. I mean, and we know that it's it if it's plain language, you don't need to do research anywhere else. So we know this. And if you look at the discussion of the two senators who actually created 14th Amendment third section, if you see the people who wrote it when they wrote this bill, that actually this conversation came up. One said, Hey, it seems that you excluded the president. The other said, why do you think we excluded the president when we said any officer and refers to the president as the officer of the president? This satisfies my argument is what the senator said. And then they passed the 14th Amendment. This is not like you said about intellectual argument or disagreement. This is about how do we remain faithful to Donald Trump? Because we seen this man say he would turn up the constitution. We seen this man say he would be a dictator and we seen them clap for that. We seen this man bash veterans. We've seen this man bash POWs. We've seen this man bash every institution in this country, including the police, which I thought that party loved so much. So much so that when we say Black Lives Matter, they made the Smurfs important when they say Blue Lives Matter. Mm. So I seen this, this party, the Republican Party, turn against everything they believe for the orange greatness. And they can't tell me anything other than Donald Trump is right regardless of what he's saying. And they, like you said, it don't take a day. They'll spin immediately if Donald Trump tell them to. Right now he's saying he's against or they shouldn't be going so hard on abortion when last week he was the abortion king. He was the anti-abortion king. And now they're about to do a whole flip where they're telling people, telling Republicans stop talking about abortion. How about that yeah, for you, John? I that is that is a great point. Like, there are people on January six, like, like they're chanting back the blue as they bludgeon cops to death. You know, Donald Trump literally thanked what he thought was an officer in the leadership of BLM for endorsing him because he loves BLM. What what are you talking about? Like, the the double like the. I, it is right to point out that many people in this movement are not particularly intelligent or curious or whatever, but they don't get nearly enough credit for the mental flexibility that they do have to believe obviously contradictory things at the same exact time. Um, and by the way, in terms of the the message, the, the messaging of the the people who wrote that section, I haven't previously seen that, but I would like to see that um, and, and and possibly report on it. I'm gonna uh, give it to you, brother. Thank you. Yeah, if you could send that to me, that would be great. 
Um, okay, we're gonna have more Kellyanne Conway for you tomorrow as she gets even crazier. I don't wanna overwhelm you with Kellyanne today, uh, particularly because we have to move to another clown, Rudy Giuliani. We're gonna take a short, short break, but we come back. There are two big pieces of breaking news for Rudy Giuliani. We'll be back with that after this. Okay, everyone, if you're just joining us now, definitely hit that like button button so that people can join us as we get into this next story. Breaking news for Rudy Giuliani, he has officially broken. Or at the very least, he's broke, or he wants you to believe that because he's declaring bankruptcy. Yes, he has filed in the Southern District of New York for bankruptcy. He, In the filing, he has revealed that he has between 100 million and 500 million dollars in liabilities. And between $1 million to $10 million in assets. I know that they have to report this in ranges, but it seems ridiculous when you put it that way. Because he definitely owes $148 million to Ruby Freeman and Shea Moss. Where is the other potentially hundreds of millions of dollars of liabilities coming from? I don't know. But anyway, an advisor to Giuliani, Ted Goodman, had to say during the filing, it should come as a surprise to no one. No person could have reasonably believed that Mayor Rudy Giuliani would be able to pay such a high punitive amount. Chapter 11 will afford Mayor Giuliani the opportunity and time to pursue an appeal while providing transparency for his finances under the supervision of the bankruptcy court to ensure all creditors are treated equally and fairly throughout the process. Yes, every member of Giuliani's team is just, they're so concerned that everyone who he owes money to gets what they deserve. That's definitely what he cares about. Um, I don't know how this is gonna interact with the other piece of breaking news, which came out I think late last night. Judge Beryl Howell had ordered that Giuliani cannot wait until the appeals process is over to pay the two election workers that he spun racist conspiracy theories about. He would have to pay immediately. We'll see what happens with the bankruptcy in that, but not good circumstances for Giuliani. What do you think, Vondale? Listen, I, it's, this is hilarious to me. I think the, the funniest part about this, though, is um, we keep forgetting funny in the saddest way that the $148 million was not a message to Giuliani. I think the court realized that he wasn't going to pay it. I think it was just to, to warn people that if you're willing to threaten our democracy, this is what will happen to you. It was the second blow uh, in that direction. If you consider what happened to Fox with the uh, Dominion case, I think this was a warning to everybody else that was in line to be charged for criticizing election workers and also the integrity of our electoral process. I think though with Giuliani is what we see is when we when you when you prize or prioritize these people, these personalities, they all fall down, they crumble. And it also, I mean, I watching this so-called legal genius who gave us the RICO stature and showed us how to prosecute it, watching him right now with his own legal handlings, Make me question if it was him responsible for that or if he just got credit because he was the DA at the time. Who is the real legal mind? I'm waiting for that story to come out behind how we prosecute and use the RICO successfully. Because it couldn't have been the guy at the wrong fourth season with the black stuff running down the side of his head. Yeah, I wonder about that. Like it makes you just see everything in his past through this different lens. Like, and you wonder what was he was he just good at PR and you know, like I think politicians appeared on podcasts less back then. Maybe there wasn't as many opportunities for us to see how crazy and stupid they are. 
Or is it that his brain really has just rotted inside of his skull over the past couple of decades? I don't know, I don't know. But it's definitely one of the two because this dude is just in terrible yeah. shape. Um, by the way, I wanna remind yeah. everyone that he's not the only prominent right winger that owes a lot of money for defamation. Alex Jones does as well. And here is his latest offer, his holiday offer that he has provided to the families that he spent so many years defaming so that he could make tens of millions of dollars. He is now offering to pay $55 million, obviously a very tiny percentage of the over a billion dollars he owes. And so he proposed 5.5 million a year for 10 years with the possibility of more depending on Jones's income. So if his ground up gorilla brain pills sell well, maybe you'll get a little bit more money out of that. By the way, they'll also get 70% of the money Jones raises by selling personal property that's not exempt from bankruptcy law. I don't understand why when you owe a billion dollars to these families, they don't get 100% of the proceeds from these sales. But anyway, in exchange, they would have to give up all legal claims against Jones or any related party. So this smacks of like the Sackler deal. Like maybe you'll get something someday that definitely won't make you or your family whole. And I'll still have massively profited for what I did. And also I am immune to any future consequences. So overall, I'm not happy about a lot of this. We'll see what the families think, but Mondale, what do you think? Is it possible that they might accept that? I don't think so. I think the lawsuits was not about like so much so about the money with these families. It was about what he did to earn his money. And and what he did was deny the fact that their kids, their loved ones have been murdered. And I think uh, it is dastardly that we have court systems that allow these people to get away with this and keep what they what we know they have. Yeah, it's just, I just, I don't like Alex Jones has tens of millions of dollars. He has multiple properties. He has vehicles. How is that not seized? Like when I think about like how casually cops would do like civil asset forfeiture, like where you didn't even do the thing and you lost all the money, like all. But the, this guy can have planes and multiple homes. How would like? Well, of course you can't you can't take away his multiple homes. Is it not acceptable for him to live in an apartment? Why? Because he's famous. He can't have a thousand dollars to his name. Plenty of the people that he defamed don't have fancy homes and huge bank accounts. Why is he? entitled to that? Why is he entitled to any of the proceeds of the violent conspiracy theories that he spun? I don't understand it. I'm not a lawyer. <laughs> It'll never make sense to me. Okay, um, we don't have a lot of time, but I do want to end with a little bit of sort of good news. We don't often get a chance to focus on it, so we're going to do that right now. Lawmakers in New York City have decided at last to largely ban the use of solitary confinement in the city's jails. So there's been a lot of focus on solitary confinement in New York City prisons and jails. And they're finally doing something about it. It is not going to be completely banned, but it is going to be severely curtailed and new regulations will be placed over the practice. But bear in mind that just because the lawmakers in New York are in favor of this does not mean that like all of the city's Democrats are are happy about it. Mayor Eric Adams is not in favor of it. He said that he doesn't like the bill in its current form because he believes that it essentially gives a person that's already been jailed on charges of violence further quote due process. He says that's the same as if someone comes and commits a felonious assault on you and before the police officer can put them in jail, you need to give them a due process before you can put them in jail. Uh, okay, like I love that he's focusing on the fact that in the moment 
it seems too fair to the person rather than there are people who've rotted in solitary confinement for years, lost their minds, died as a result of it, committed suicide. We, we literally have cases of that. Back in 2019, New York City had to pay $3.3 million to the family of Khalif Browder, who was jailed at Rikers for three years for stealing a backpack in 2010. He's 16 years old, he was put in solitary confinement for two years. And he eventually took his life in 2015, the family says, because of the violence and physiological damage they suffered at Rikers. So congratulations to the mayor of New York for ignoring that sort of case and just focus on the fact that we're being too nice to the prisoners. But Mondale, what do you think about this? We, we, we have to be honest. I mean, solitary confinement in any capacity is absolutely incorrect. And this is this is what Malcolm X would say. You know, this is the person who stabbed you took the knife six inches out your back when it's still three inches left. We shouldn't be celebrating it. Uh, we need to do away with solitary confinement completely. And I'm not. I'm not completely sold that we even need prisons. It's not like we've always had prisons as a part of our society. And I and I and that's where I'm at on it. So uh Mayor uh Mayor Adams is absolutely incorrect in this in this incident. And unfortunately this is not the only time he's been wrong. Yeah, no, he's been on a tear over the last year actually. Um so by the way, just to give you a little bit of details, uh so the legislation prohibits inmates from being held in isolation in a cell for more than two hours during the day during one 24 hour period or for more than eight hours at night to sleep. It can still be used to deescalate conflict or if they pose an immediate danger to another person. So you can still be separated, but it can't exceed four hours in a 24 hour period. And they actually have to be checked on. So staff or mental health professionals will occasionally look in on them rather than just dumping them in there and largely forgetting that they exist for years at a time. So this seems reasonable, I'm happy about it. You know who else is probably happy about it? Representative Marjorie Green, remember? She was so freaked out about January 6 prisoners being put in solitary confinement. And I have to assume that her opposition was to the barbaric practice, not to the fact that it was being applied to conservatives. So I'm sure she's celebrating right now. Anyway, that's all the time we have for the first hour of the show. More to come in the aftermath, don't go anywhere, we'll be right back.